Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? You know what I love about being on campus of our seminaries, Amy? What? I'd love to hear it since I'm pretty much living on, on campus. All that's a, see, that's the thing. You don't get to appreciate what it's like to go onto a new campus that you're not right. usually on. Right. I mean, I'm, I, I go, even though I don't work there anymore, like I walk the dogs on the campus. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm on there all the time. Somebody's got to look after Mary. It's the energy that the campus vibe kind of gives off. Oh yeah. Whenever you get people back on campus and you get chapel going and you get students and you people moving around and everything like there's just a certain energy to a college or seminary campus that is unmatched. I think. Yeah, I think so. And it is, it is really fun. And it's always, you know, everything has sort of a, a season and an ebb and a flow when summer comes, you're sort of like ready for the break and for things to slow down, but it doesn't take long at all to be ready for the action again. Yeah. And you know, usually I, don't get to go on seminary campuses because I don't live next door to one like you do, obviously. Your husband works at Southeastern. But this week, we'll talk about this a little bit later. I was on a campus down at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary in New Orleans, obviously, for the uh, the big SBC 23 kickoff rally and had a great time. And just the, the people there, top notch. Absolutely top notch. I totally agree. Yes, I had lunch. I had lunch with one of your best friends in all the world. I heard, and I we heard got you we did. got to tell Amy stories. Oh, great! That I don't, was fun. I, I'm not even sure what to think about that. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should ask. No, it's all right. So, thank you, Tara Do, for the tea, and I'm not talking about the hot tea. So, yeah, um, yeah, got some got some information for later use. So, fantastic. That was yes, fantastic. <laughs> Amy's like. Lovely. And speaking of our seminaries, if you're looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, you can also check out Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. And the best way to experience Southwestern is to attend their fall preview day on October 21st. Preview days are your opportunity to see firsthand all that Southwestern Seminary has to offer. During your visit, you'll tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, hear from President Adam W. Greenway, and experience the unique campus environment of Southwestern Seminary. Fall preview day is October 21st, so register today for free at swbts.edu slash preview. That's swbts.edu slash preview for fall preview day on October 21st. All right, Amy, let's jump into it. We got some interesting news from Lifeway Research this week. The SBC compensation study has been released, and it showed that SBC pastor pay has been stuck at the same level since 2018. And Amy, I think I hear the amens from our listeners. Yeah, they probably are like, yes, that's true. Yeah. We um, didn't need a research study to tell us that. It. Thank you, Jonathan. That's right. So the Consumer Price Index has jumped 17.6% from, from the last uh, four years, 2018 to wow. 2022. But uh, compensation for full-time senior pastors at Southern Baptist churches, that includes salary and housing, has only increased 0.2%. WeGo is upset about this. WeGo is fired up about senior pastor pay not increasing and the consumer price index being 17.6% higher. Yeah, He's not he pleased. Said, he said, amen, I hear you. Yes, there's a lot of amens going on right now, and it, it, it's not that surprising, though, honestly. Uh, there's a fascinating study and the full report, if you want to go look at that, if you're on staff. But it also showed that other ministry positions did get substantial increases in pay. 
Yeah. So it, did, it said that full-time office personnel were the only Southern Baptist church employees who had increases that closely aligned with the consumer price index. Uh, since 2018, their compensation has increased 17% while their pay package went up 18%. So that's, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, including benefits, things like that. And some of this, think this through, this has been uh, because when it comes to office staff, churches have to compete. Yeah. You got to compete with, she could be the administrative assistant to you or the company down the street. Right. And you got to compete with that salary. Yeah. So this also matches up. uh, There was a previous Lifeway research study of U.S. Protestant pastors. So this was Southern Baptist pastors. Um, Protestant pastors said uh, 41% said they were worried about uh, their family's financial security. Additionally, one in five Protestant pastors say financial stress is one of the greatest concerns they have in ministry. So uh, that's from a different study, but it dovetails with this uh, nicely just to to understand the impact of that. Yeah. So it's just a, a fascinating look there. And, and there's a lot of nuance that goes into pastor pay and pastor salary packages and stuff like that. I, I was actually texting with a couple of pastor friends this week about some different stuff. And we were t- we got onto this topic and the difference, like for me, who's never served on the church staff to them. And they're, we're talking about pay and everything like that. And and one of the guys texted back and said, tell me you've never been a pastor without telling me you've never been a pastor. Because I was like ranting about the salary package situation that one of them was dealing with. And, and it, it just, it got to, you know, they got a kind of a kick out of that because here am I, you know, just living and working in the corporate world versus their working on church staffs and everything. And even though I'm married to somebody who works on church staff, it's, it's still different. Um, right. But it, it just, it's, it's strange. Some of the things pastors have to, to kind of, I would say, quote unquote, put up with uh, as part of their salary package, like living in a parsonage and then take it, having the utilities taken out of your salary. Or something crazy like that. Like you're thinking you get one salary and, and you're really not. So just weird things. Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of pastors are, um, are like we see this, a lot of them are underpaid. I mean, there are a few that people like want to point at and, and say, well, that guy, you know, he's making da da da. It's like, look, they're the vast exception to the rule. Uh, you know, I would say 99% of our pastors are, are not paid what they would be paid in a similar type role in a outside of the church. So. Right. Right. And, and, this, and the, this research kind of shows that. Yeah. And and here's the thing. This is a discussion that happens a lot. You end up having a lot of people who say, you know, well, pastors shouldn't expect that or pastors should be doing this to follow their calling. You know, but the reality is that it I mean, they have the same needs and they have the yeah. same, you know, they, they have to feed their families. They have to do things just like everyone else. And um we, when Keith was a pastor, our church took very good care of us. They, they really did in a lot of different ways. And and to be clear, a lot of churches do. Right. But we often would encounter other uh, situations, other pastors and, and families that we knew, you know, in the area or whatever that had extremely difficult times. And, uh, and so it is something that, needs to be considered. It needs to be considered by uh, church leaders when they are seeking a pastor that you you do need to, you know, people have got to live. I know several churches in the Nashville area looking for people to come on staff. The problem is if you don't already live in the Nashville area right now, right. you can't really afford to move to the it's hard Nashville to get area. In there. Yeah. So churches are struggling because they have kind of a, a salary range that doesn't 
match the area of the church. And and that that's not just the case in Nashville, it's the case in almost every major metropolitan area in the country. So I know this is something that, you know, we could go off on a tangent. This is I feel like I'm back on uh Rainer on leadership, you know, this week talking about this because that's something we talked about a lot. And I know Dr. Rainer's probably having a field day with this kind of stuff uh right now. So uh or will soon. So uh, yeah, it, it just a, a fascinating study. Go check it out over at Baptist Press, Lifeway Research. Uh, good job, you guys, on that. Amy, on to our next story. I mentioned it earlier. I was on the campus of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary this week. Even wound up getting my picture in Baptist Press somehow. Thank you, Brandon Porter, for that. I didn't know he was taking pictures of me when I was up at the podium. But we had a kickoff event, and it was awesome. And before we get into the details of the story, shout out to Lacey Lewis, whose husband came. Lacey didn't come. But Lacey is an avid listener of the show, and she wanted a picture and a shout-out. So shout-out to Lacey. All right. All right. You know, now I, now I know because I got you sent me a message, and you said, Lacey Lewis, don't let me forget when we record. And you gave no explanation. So I was like, "Did is Lacey Lewis, did she, is she provide a resource of the week? Nope. Is there something like what's Just a going fan. on? All right. Shout-out to Lacey Lewis. Yeah. So, hey, Lacey. And, and you didn't let me forget. So there we go. All right. Now right. on with the event. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about it. I mean, first of all, we had a big uh, announcement yeah. of the theme. Yes. Serving the Lord, serving others from 2 Corinthians 4 or 5. That's the theme announced by SBC President Bart Barber for next year's annual meeting in New Orleans. So that was kind of the first time that was out there. That's right. And uh, it seems like one of the things he really wants to do is to lead people to pay attention to crossover. Yes, yes, that is a big thing. So uh, Preston Nix, Dr. Preston Nix from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary uh, spoke about crossover. He's going to be leading a lot of the evangelistic work there. Alex Bryan from the local New Orleans Baptist Association is going to be partnering with the Serve Tour with uh, the North American Mission Board that's coming in for that as well. So a lot going on with crossover, a lot of need in New Orleans and a lot of opportunity in New Orleans for crossover. Yeah, so, um, so tell us a little bit more about what we can look forward to, Jonathan from the things that you that you heard this week. One of the big purposes of this event is really to get people involved and invested in the local encouragement team. And because we need volunteers, we need hundreds of people that help put this on, it's an opportunity for us at the executive committee to get that need in front of the pastors and leaders in the area uh, to allow them to know what's going on, to be involved, and to get their people involved in everything. Everything from crossover, ushers and greeters, registration preparation, prayer ministry, the whole thing. Uh, we need people to help, and it's obviously it's it's better to, and easier to get people local uh, to do that. So we've been using these kickoff events, uh, I think, for the last three or four years. And I think we started back in 2019 for the 2020. Remember, I, th- I think I actually went to that one and um, uh, for the podcast and, and covered that. And uh, it was a, a good event, again, in New Orleans. We had about 300, 325 people there, uh, students, pastors, people from near and far. We had people from Mississippi. We had people from West Louisiana. I mean, it, it was from, from all over. So it was a great crowd and a really an encouraging time. I think that was the thing that I, I came away from it more than ever. People are excited about us coming to New Orleans. The people there are excited about us coming there. And people are really encouraged that we're coming at this time. Uh, New Orleans is a city with a lot of need and a lot of gospel uh, witness because of the seminary and the history of Southern Baptist work there. So it's really exciting to see what the next phase of that is going to look like and, and how New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary is really impacting the city now and the New Orleans Baptist Association, led by Jack Hunter, all that they're doing for the city. It's it's really one of the most encouraging days I've had 
at the EC was this past Tuesday. That's exciting. That's yeah. great. It was. It really, really was. And the food wasn't bad either. Yeah. So give us a little preview so that we know what to look forward to next summer. Well, just all the foods. Right. So. If right. But if you're gonna give if you're gonna have one um There's not one th- that's the problem. There's not just one. It's like, yes, like just go somewhere, ask a local and go there. I mean, you can't get wrong. Like, you you will not go wrong anywhere you go. Everywhere in the city, even a bad meal in New Orleans, and I'm throwing that in air quotes, is a good meal anywhere else. I mean, it's just an average meal is better than anything you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, it it's just that city. Just every every no, nobody misses because you can't afford to miss. You you cannot afford to be a bad restaurant in New Orleans. You will not make it. So if it's open, it's good. So you got to be good. You can't be bad. Or you won't make it. Obviously, I mean, it's like you. It's like in Nashville, your church music can't be bad. I mean, there's no excuse for it because it's Nashville. So, same thing in New Orleans and food. You, you have no excuse. Even the cafeteria food at the the seminary. Is oh, I hear. Yeah, I think that's incredible. From spectacular. What I so, yeah. if you were choosing seminary on just based on cafeterias alone, I don't know. We got a pretty good. We got a pretty good. Uh, you don't have a dining hall though. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. You're getting one. We're getting one, and we have space in Ledford with I know, a I know, pla- I know. and a meal plan, and we have an incredible chef. Yeah. And for years, Southern Seminary had Chef Pam. So our seminaries do have really great. They're strong. Food They're strong. Service. Yeah. And, food service. and New Orleans is right but up there. New Orleans is right so, up there for yeah. sure. So Fred Luter did say that if you come down, you got to have char grilled oysters. Now, okay, I've never had them. Because I'm not a huge oyster guy. I'll eat oysters in a gumbo or maybe a fried oyster. I'm just not wild about them. I've never had the char-grilled. Because so, I've did. never been anywhere that did the char-grilled. Right. I did when I was there in January. And? So, they're amazing. Okay. And I'm so not a huge next time oyster I go back, Next time I go back, I'm going to go somewhere so I can get them. Because yeah. I, I did not go anywhere this time that would allow me to get, I mean, not allow, but like that serve them. Yeah. So, I'll do that. All right. So, yeah. Great time. Great event on Tuesday. And... Really, really enjoyed our time down there. So, uh, speaking of good friends of the pod, we talked about that earlier. Cody Gibson has been named the new vice president of communications and brand strategy at another seminary up at Midwestern. Yeah, congratulations to Cody Gibson. Um, he is no stranger to the Southern Baptist communications world. Um, he's got more than 12 years of experience in Christian higher education, and um, he will be uh, doing all sorts of things, leading their comms team, uh, strategic efforts in marketing, branding, design, uh, news and information, con- you know, written and visual content, social media, all those things. And he will also be uh, maintaining the uh, For the Church and For the Kingdom focuses there as well. He's been Director of Enrollment and Communications at Phoenix Seminary, where he, like, Really, I mean, they've had massive growth in the last few years. Uh, but before that, he was also vice president of communications at Southern Seminary. So he's been uh, around for a while and good friend of the pod. I really appreciate a lot of the work that Cody has done through the years and excited to kind of have him uh, back in the seminary family. Yeah. Prediction, Amy. Prediction. In February, he'll kind of wish he still had that Phoenix weather. He might, but in... June, in July, he'll feel a little better. He'll be like, I made the right choice. So yeah, right. yeah, it's one of those, uh, about half the year, you're like, oh, and the other half, you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay, I was a big fan of the family picture that came with yeah, the how about release. That? 
with the family, you know, got the sweet kids and everything. And they're the family pictures got the cactuses in the background. So. Yeah. I'm just jealous of his hair. I bet you are. Of course, I'm, I'm jealous of anybody's hair. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Last story here. Global Hunger Sunday this week. It is supporting uh, hunger projects worldwide. So uh, it's moved. Usually Global Hunger Sunday, remember, was kind of in October. We've talked about it several times here on the, the podcast. We talked about the bread banks and the rice bowls and all that in the past. Even a couple of you, I think, sent us rice bowls. Uh, but Global Hunger Sunday this week, August 28th, 2022. Yeah. So in 2021, uh, all the, the groups that are connected with hunger relief, like uh, Global Hunger Relief, they estimated that 2.3 billion people face challenges from moderate to severe uh, to being able to have just enough food to eat, which is something that should really strike us uh, in our setting where, I mean, I just went into Whole Foods yesterday. We did did five minutes on cafeterias in the SBC just a minute ago. Right, right. We did. And so so I think we have to remember that that the total population that faces food insecurity uh, climbed to an estimated 900 24 million severe, like that's severe challenges, uh, 924 million. So this is definitely something that we need to remember. Um, we do have an arm of send relief that is focusing on that. And, uh, so, so we do need, if you have not made plans to recognize global hunger Sunday, you should. Yes, absolutely. So it's one of the best things Southern Baptists do. And, and now is a, a big part of what Send Relief does as well. So uh, check that out over at sendrelief.org. You can support Global Hunger this Sunday as it uh, is recognized across the SBC. That's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. All right. I'm going to go to 1977 to a story that just kind of caught my attention. I don't even know what, you know, a lot of times I give you these sort of, you know, major foundational moments or lighthearted and fun. This was something that was a big deal from the late 70s that I did not know there was a Southern Baptist connection and which is kind of a a wild story. So it was in 1977 that uh, this is when uh, Son of Sam, remember that really big? And I mean, I know you don't remember it, but you would was be. not alive, Amy. Right. But you I, would, honestly, I know the I know the phrase. I honestly don't know the details. Okay. So uh, David Berkowitz, son of Sam, is a, uh, a serial killer in New York City. So it's kind of a big, there's I knew movies that. That's done about, about all it, I everything. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So he had been, he was former Southern Baptist. I didn't know that. But. Excuse me? Yeah. He was former Southern Baptist. I just learned this. So it's a story that Baptist Press did that he had been. Um, uh, it's from Louisville. Yeah, he'd been stationed at Fort Knox and was baptized into uh, was baptized at Beth Haven Baptist Church in southern Louisville. Now, it looks like that church was independent Baptist by the time this article. Um, yeah, they had left the convention was written. But at the time, they were a Southern Baptist church at, at the time of his <sighs> baptism. So it was a thirty five hundred member church. I'm you know familiar with Beth Haven. And he was one of twenty two hundred. They had a lot of baptism there in 1973. So that's, that's a that's, lot. Uh, but quite a quite a few there. Aim. Yeah. So it says that those who remember him say he was an exemplary Christian. And uh, that I think was a pretty, 
involve members. So this is something, I mean, I haven't really seen the movies. I haven't read a book on it. Um, but I knew enough about it. I had no idea there was a Southern Baptist connection. Um, but it seems like he was not just baptized there, you know, but was actually very involved. So this is kind of a fascinating and wild story that, again, I don't even know what category to put this in because it's not super lighthearted. It's not super monumental, but we certainly did have a connection to a major story in the news. And it was being talked about all over the place in the late 70s, certainly in New York City, but also uh, among our folks this week in SBC history. Wow. Man, that's a wild story. Folks, you got to go read this story. There's so much in this story. We could do a whole podcast on this. I am not doing a podcast on serial killers. That's, that's, on, another, <laughs> that's on our other podcast, Serial Colors in the SBC this week. No. So, wow. Don't even. Yeah. No, not making that joke. All right. Um, no. Wow. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Man, where do you dig this stuff up? So I thought you would go with like this being the 30th anniversary of Hurricane Andrew or something like that. It's the 30th anniversary of Hurricane Andrew, by the way, that right. hit in Homestead, Florida, pretty much wiped out everything south of Miami. And, um, and nope. really, I went completely weird. Yeah, no. it. Well, that was kind of the spark that really lifted Southern Baptist disaster relief. I don't know if you knew that or not, but 30 years ago, it kind of got that lift from Hurricane Andrew and and everything that our people did for that and... You know, thirty years later, look look what we're doing, disaster relief wise. But no, you went with the serial killer. Okay, that's yeah. Fine. Well, Southern Baptist disaster relief. You know, monumental day. Nah, no. Amy Amy goes all like totally full twenty twenty two and goes with the serial killer podcast vibe here instead. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how to rein this thing back in after Amy went full serial killer on us. Um. Well, not really. Sorry, but you know what I mean. All right. Resources of the week. Amy, my resource of the week is the new album from Toby Mac. Did you see he's got a new album out? I did see that. First album since the death of his son. Uh, yeah. It's a story about Tim Cox in Baptist Press for this. Tim got an interview with Toby. Talked to him. Really cool little interview. Great album. Check that out. Uh, now it's the, the new release from Toby Mac. Just came out last week. So get this. Tim Cox has interviewed like Chris Tomlin, Toby Mac, and... Bill Gaither in like the last year and a half. That's kind of a big deal. That that's incredibly big deal. Like how, how what are you doing, Tim? Like rock and roll. But you're man. yeah, that's awesome. good for him. I mean, you're the one that's like telling him to do it. The assignments, yeah. right? Well, kind of Brandon and me, yeah. But still, yeah, it's just pretty amazing. I mean, that that's the the holy trinity of Christian music, right? I mean, kinda, I think that's sort of. <laughs> I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty awesome. So. But yeah, new album, Toby Mac. Check it out. It just came out last week. We'll link to it in the, the show notes. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a, a relatively new book from the Rabbit Room community. It's Rembrandt is in the Wind, Learning to Love Art Through the Eyes of Faith. Uh, so this is by uh, Russ Ramsey, who is, he's a pastor. Uh, They're not a Southern Baptist, but pastor in the Nashville area. And has a lot of, um, kind of as a side interest, he loves, um, he loves to explore just art history in a sense. Um, and I have actually gone to several of his sessions at Hutchmoot on various artists. Um, he did one on Edward Hopper last year when Hutchmoot was streaming that I found just really fascinating, but this is, I mean, essentially it's like an art history book for, 
kind of the common person, you know, it's not a college level type book, but it's like art appreciation. And so it talks about, you know, there's a chapter of why pursuing goodness, truth, and beauty matters. And then actually does all these different, um, chapters on various artists. So I think it's really designed to help us be able to know what we're looking for, to go into museums, to understand, to see beauty and, and to see what the Lord, uh, how, how these things are for the Lord's glory. And, um, so I'm excited. I have gotten it. I have not, I mean, some of these, like I said, I think are connected to Hutchmate sessions that I went to. So there's going to be some content that I've been exposed to, but I am looking forward to reading some new things and excited about it. Man, you sold me on the book. Yeah. So that, that really does sound fascinating. So as somebody who yep. wants to appreciate art, but doesn't really right. know how, I guess, or what to appreciate about it, I just know it like, that's a pretty picture. It's a, yeah. you, know, that, that, you know, I can get that right. far. Or, that's the, that's the category I would put myself in. And when I have gone to his sessions on this, where I'll get introduced to an artist, maybe that I don't know, or I'll think who is this person? And then he pops a picture up and I'm like, Oh, I know that painting. Like I've seen that yeah. painting on things. And then he starts diving into, you know, pointing out various things or t- talking about the person's history and why they painted the things they did. I, it, it opens up new worlds of yeah. uh, understanding. So yeah. new appreciation yeah. and everything. So, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, that, that was maybe one of the most on brand recommendations you've had in a while. Well, I, no one there. should be surprised. Nope. So. Nope. All right. Well, Hey, that's going to do it for us this week. Amy, you know what this week is? Uh, college football. Well, college football will have started by the time we record again next week. Right. But it's also the loneliest flight home ever on Sunday. Oh, you're taking next next week. Yeah. 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 Sorry. That's going to be the longest road trip, literally. Um, but also the loneliest flight home. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's going to be tough and exciting. Hey, but so. we'll, re- we'll be recording. We'll have to figure out the timing next week because I'll be on the West Coast again. So we'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, we'll be um, we're, we're we're losing a kiddo this week, and that's going to be a, a long week for me and Beth. So yeah, sounds like it. So uh, well, we will all be praying for you and Beth. Yes, and so, for Ethan. Yeah, so for Ethan as well. So good folks, California Baptist going to treat good care of him, I'm sure. So uh, he'll, he'll he's he's so looking forward to this. He's so ready for this. So we're excited for him. And uh, but it's it's going to be a it's going to be a different week, you know. So yeah. All right. Well, hey, folks, that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.